Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Today, I wanted to encourage fathers. I wanted to say thank you for staying, which the song leads right into the message today. Amen? And, um, and so I hope this message is going to bless your life. Praise God. So truly, one of the greatest examples of what a father should exemplify is none other than our heavenly father, God. Now, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 5, the word of the Lord says this. This is powerful. It says, I will never leave nor forsake you. Now, there is such a great comfort in knowing that no matter what happens, there will always be someone who loves us. There will always be someone who supports us, and if necessary, there will always be someone to correct us. And when I speak of fathers today, I'm not necessarily speaking of biological fathers, because there are a lot of fathers who carry the role of absentee fathers, and they are just as influential as biological fathers. Amen? And there are some fathers you may have adopted your child. That's your child. It doesn't mean that, that somehow that that child is less than any other child that, your, that is your biological child. That means that they have access to everything that you have, even though they may be adopted. Their biological tr- children have no more access than the, the one that's adopted. Amen? Now, listen, let me tell you why this is vitally important. The Bible says that we're heirs with God, God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So, in other words, we have been adopted into the kingdom of light. So we have access to everything that the original Hebrew people had access to. Come on, somebody. So doesn't mean that somehow you're less than because we were Gentiles that were engrafted into the olive branch. Well, the Jews were taken out of the olive branch because of disbelief. But once they believe in the lordship of Jesus Christ, they get engrafted back in. That means that we're all brothers and sisters. Can somebody say, I'm a brother and a sister? Come on, come on, somebody. I've been adopted. Tell me, say, say, I've been adopted. So this message is to appreciate, encourage, and motivate the ones who stayed uh, rather than vilify or denigrate the one who strayed. So we want to thank you for staying. So in this particular passage, as we read in Psalms 119, David uses the phrase, run the course. Somebody say, run the course. It has the same connotation as that of Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy when he said, I fought a good fight. Run the course. I fought a good fight. Let me tell you something. Unless you run the course... You hadn't fought a good fight. And that course has to be the course of God. Hello, somebody. Now, now, you might think you know the right path, but the Bible is clear. It says there is a way that seems right to a man. Somebody say it seems right. But just because something seems right, just because something feels right, just because something looks right, don't make it right. There is a way that seems right unto a man, but in the end it leads to destruction because the only right way to run the course is this way, or I like to say Yahweh. (laughs) So when you do it Yahweh, then you know you're on the right course. Can somebody say amen? So listen, write this down, write this down. Any male can be a donor. 
but it takes a real man to be a father. Can I say that one more time? You can put that on Facebook, and I'm standing flat-footed when I said it. Any man can just give some seed, but it takes a real man to stay and do what you're supposed to do. Hello, somebody. So listen, I'm talking to the men in here. So I don't need you to punk out on me this morning. I need you to raise up as men of God because we're raising up soldiers. We're not raising up some little old weak, feckless men. We're raising up men of God in the house of God so that when women come into the house of God, they can see that the men are the first ones to worship. We're the first ones to pray. We're the first ones to come down to the altar. We don't need our wives to help us get to church. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. It's going to get like that this morning. It's going to get like that this morning. A real man will stay the course. A real man will fight the good fight. A real man will finish the race because it's not how you start that counts. It's how you finish. And we got too many people starting stuff that we don't ever finish. We start books and we don't ever finish. We start projects and we don't ever finish. We start families and we don't ever finish. What is wrong with us? And and particularly because I'm a black man from the ghetto, I can talk about stuff that we need to start policing ourselves. We need to start sticking and staying so that we can be a true example of what a man of God is supposed to look like, act like, talk like. Hello, somebody. I'm getting that a little bit more. Okay, I'm trying to get you all riled up right now. Amen. I want to applaud you. Right now, men of God, because in the book of Genesis, God made the man first. Let let, let, let me make sure I say this a little slow here. God made the man first, and then he took what was in the man to create the woman. Let me say that one more time. God made the man first. Then he took what was in man to create the woman. Therefore, the man should model the blessings that his wife will inherit because of their union. So in other words, man of God, you should be your wife's next level. How can you be your wife's next level if she's further along than you in your spiritual walk? Oh, see, see, we got too many Christian single women out there settling for these dead beats that say they go to church. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to straighten some stuff up. I wrote the book on mixture. Hello, somebody. And so you can get my book after church. It's called Mixture. Yeah, exposing the power of being distinctively different. See, we got too much mixture going on, and you're not supposed to be with somebody that you have to keep on propping up, ladies. If you got to keep propping him up, who's propping you up? I don't, I don't need a woman to prop me up. She's never had to prop me up. No, no, no. What I need is a woman to say, oh, man, we can going to go with this thing. Somebody's got some ideas. Somebody said, we're going to do this. Somebody says, got a plan. Somebody say plan. plan. Brothers don't even have a plan. She knows you're going to date somebody. They better have a plan. Because, listen, I gave her a ring when we started dating. This is my daughter. That's a promise ring. She's married to me. See how quiet I got in here? (laughs) She's mine. She's married to me. She wears a ring from me. On her wedding day, she's going to remove my ring 
from me and put on the ring from her husband. Because then he's responsible for her. But while she's mine, nobody gets to touch her but me. And the way I touch her, I touch her like a father should touch his daughters. Because a woman would get her sense of femininity from a father. And a lot of times women always giving themselves up because they've never been properly fathered. And they don't know what a father is supposed to do. Thank you for staying, Dad. But while you're staying, make sure you teach your daughters what a man is all about. Because if you don't do it, some punk out there will. And we got too many women giving up the most precious thing that they have, and that's your body. Over what? I love you? No, love puts a ring on it. I said love puts a ring on it. Lust will give you a condom, but love will give you a ring. Oh, yeah, you're in the right house. I don't, I don't, uh-uh. I'm not placating to the world. See, I'm not capitulating to the world because what goes on out there, we should be the influences of them, not the other way around. So when you come up in here, you're going to get God. Because we're supposed to go out into the world and influence the world. We're not supposed to look like, act like, talk like the world so that we can win the world. We got to be different. We don't have to be full of all this mixture. We got mixing in the pulpit, mixing in the music, mixing all over the place. And there's no true essence of what holiness and godliness and righteousness really looks like because everything is gray now. Just because God loves us, he's not going to put up with all of our mess. Hello, somebody. Let me give you this one. Write this one down. The woman was never designed to make her husband into a man. She was designed to be a powerful and integral complement to the man he already should be. Boy. (laughs) See, let me tell you something. I know the world is always saying that, that, that the woman is by our side and, you know, pushing us to where we need to be. I know, I know it sounds good, don't it? It does sound good. That's not, that's not Bible. The woman's position is actually in front of me, not behind me. Oh, okay. Why are y'all looking at me like that? They don't understand? Come here, baby. Let me break it down for you. Let me break it down. If she's behind me, I can't protect her. I don't know what's coming. She can get hit, and I don't even know it. That's not her place. She's not behind me to push me. Amen. The Bible says Christ is the head. So we're not, as a church, behind Christ to make him great. He's already great. I get the unique ability to portray Christ in my marriage. Therefore, when the church is beside Jesus, that ain't the right position. Look, and I still can't get her side. This women's lib right here. Say, why am I going to do everything a man can do? No, you can't. I'm telling you right now, you ain't built to do what a man can do. You can't procreate nothing without a man. As a matter of fact, your womb is dead until a man puts life in the womb. Hello, somebody. Come on, man. Don't be looking at me like that now. I thought we was all grown folk up in here. 
there's nothing going on until the man puts seed in there. That's why it was so wrong for in the Bible when Ornan pulled out of Tamar and spilled his seed on the ground because he wasn't there for stimulation. He was there for impartation. And we got too many women want to be stimulated. We got too many church folks want to be stimulated, but you're not pregnant with anything. I'm not here to tantalize your emotions. I want to put something in you. I want to impregnate you with the seed of God so when you leave this place, you know how to act when you're out there in the world. This is her proper place because right now I got her back, I got her side, and I got her front. You got to come through me to get to her. This is the position of Christ. Christ says to get to my child, you got to get through me. So the church is in front of Jesus talking about our king. Come on, somebody. So the reason the woman has more words is because she telegraphs the coming of the king. So when my wife walks in the room, she represents me. So you don't say, well, Pastor Lane, I, I want to talk to your husband. No, you talk to her. Because when you talk to her, you're talking to me, especially if you're a woman. You don't get to me as a woman. You get to her. I ain't talking to you. <laughs> Hello? I love you, but you don't talk to me as a female. You talk to her. Amen. Why? Because I want to stay pure. I want to stay clean. Amen. I don't know people's intentions. Amen. And I don't trust my flesh. Amen. We've had women leave this church because they wanted to talk to me. And they want to talk to her, right? And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. You don't come to me. You talk to her. Well, I was in my last church. This ain't your last church. I'm not your last pastor. But you don't know. If you're going to talk to me, you're going to talk with, with her. I can be in the room, but she's going to be in the room with me. Well, I, I don't want to do that. Then it's the wrong church because that's the only way I'm going to do it. Hello? I'm not capitulating to what you want. I want to do what God wants. And the best thing that you can have is a pastor nowadays with some integrity. Come on and bless my wife for coming over here. It was, it was hard for me to stand behind her like that and, and stay focused. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> bless the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> that's why God gave me my own. Amen. See, that's why not the, no husband in here have to worry about me messing with your wife. My marriage is good, not because I'm a pastor. My marriage is good because we made it good. As a matter of fact, it's great. And we want to be the example so other people can understand your marriage is going to be what you make it. You can make it bad or you can make it good, but we chose to make it great. Amen. So you can make it great, too. Let me give you a quote from Chuck Swindoll. Chuck Swindoll says, we need fewer, listen to this, we need fewer spineless wimps. Uh, it's pretty clear. I'm not, now listen, 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 listen. Hold on, hold on, guys. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Somebody say, he's not talking about me. Okay, let me make sure I say <laughs> Okay, let me just make sure I clean up. Say it again. Come on, fellas, say it again. He's not talking about me. Okay, so then it's okay. Relax. He, <laughs> he said, we need fewer spineless wimps 
who've never disentangled themselves from mama's apron strings. This was a, came from a book I was reading. He said, want me to read again? Oh, you're trying to catch it? I'll share it with everybody. I have Takita to send it in an email, so don't worry about it. We need more. I'll share it on Facebook, too. He said, we need <laughs> fewer spineless wimps who've never disentangled themselves from mama, mama's apron strings, more clear-thinking, hard-working, straight-talking men who, while tender, thoughtful, and loving, don't feel the need to ask permission to take charge. My God. You know, that's one of the biggest factors that I, I hear from some people say, I wish my man would take charge. And a lot of times the reason a man can't take charge is because the woman already castrated him. I, I'm just letting you know. See, if you don't allow the man to lead and then 10 years later you want him to lead, he ain't going to lead. You need to let him lead in the beginning or leave him alone. If he can't lead you in the beginning, then you don't need him. Because if you got to lead everything in the beginning of the relationship, you're going to have to lead everything, all of the relationship. And the moment you try to say, I wish you would do that. I wish you would go ahead. I wish. It ain't going to happen. Now, y'all got real quiet in this Presbyterian church. I must be hitting on something. Then, since you got quiet, you know how I get. If you get quiet, I dig deeper. So, since you got quiet, let me go ahead and dig just a little bit deeper. Okay, are you ready? See, so let me tell you something. The woman is not designed to make the man love her unconditionally. You can't make nobody love you. She is not designed to make him want to be better himself. You got to want that for yourself. Listen, I want to be a better husband and a better father. It's not because she's pushing me to be better. If she's got to push me to be better, something is wrong. She's not designed to do that. And what's going to happen is you're going to pull so much on her, she's going to be emotionally bankrupt. So we are to be interdependent, not codependent. Oh, man, y'all are really quiet today. All right, then I'm going to keep digging. She is not designed to beg him to go to church. But I thought he was a Christian. Well, just because a person says I go to church don't make him a Christian. It's not that you go to church. The church has to be in you. She's not designed to request for a father to spend time with his children. And when you spend time with your children, that is not babysitting. Those are your, you don't babysit your own children. Am I helping somebody? I don't hear one man clapping. I already told you, you said already. There you go, bro, thank you. I already said, I ain't talking about you. So you should be looking at other brothers to say, how can I help other men? This is what this message is all about. This message is not a rebuke to you. This message is so that you can get what you need so that you can help other men. You work with so many men. You see so many men in the community. You know you already, they already missing it. But what are you going to do? You're just going to sit back? Are you going to try to mentor and help these men get to the next level? Come on, somebody. There might be somebody in the church that you can help get to the next level. Somebody in your community, somebody on your job, somebody in the classroom. You work with a group of teachers, and you know that man, and he's a weak rascal in his house. And you might be able to help him. 
Because one thing, help me ladies if I'm saying the right thing, the one thing every woman wants is a man that can take control. Am I right, ladies? This message is an unapologetic call for men to stop settling for an average and mediocre life. I want you to embrace the courage to live more purposely, to love more passionately, and to laugh more frequently. That's what we are as powerful men of God. I want to talk about five traits, real quick here, five traits of a father who stays. First thing is, he teaches his children to appreciate things. Let me tell you something. It's nothing worse that I can go to a, a grocery store, and I hear this little rascal. I call him a rascal because that's what he is, a rascal. I, I can hear them. on. I'm on one aisle. I can hear them five aisles down demanding what they want. If they don't get it, they said, if I don't get it, I'm going to stand here. And I just want, I just want, just one time, I, I, I just want to get up the courage to just go over to that mother and say, Mama, I can help you. Do you want me to help you? All I need for you to do is walk away. Just, just walk. Don't look back. Just walk. I'll bring your child to you. And when I bring that child to her, that child will be fine. Why? Because you got to let that child know who's boss. Children don't run you. You run them. If you don't put boundaries around their little behinds now, what do you think they're going to be when they're teenagers? If you can't control that little behinds when they five, when they get 15, oh, you're going to fight. You're going to fight. Right? Now, I'm... My mama, my mama, y'all, a lot of y'all met my mama, my missionary lofty. Y'all met my mama. Y'all know <laughs> Esther's laughing. <laughs> Esther loves my mama. Mama, if you're watching this, I'm talking bad about you. So my mama, I love my mama, and y'all met, most of y'all met my mother. She's awesome. I'm, I'm saved because of the prayers of my mama and her mama, right, and, and her dad. And so my, my mama is the sweetest lady you ever want to meet full of God, holy. I don't know a more holy woman, right? But my mama did not play with us. She loved God, but she wanted to keep us straight, right? And see, that attitude of the old mothers have almost died. With some folk, I know some folk in here, you look at other people in the way, way stuff, you go, what the... Not in my house. Amen. 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 Come on. Come on. You say, oh, no, that ain't going to happen in my house. Right? Because one thing I'm not going to, you ain't going to be in my house running me. I'll pay the mortgage. You ain't going to come in my house and run me. No, you grown the day you have a mortgage. And I can tell you, go on to your house where you pay mortgage. Now, see, a lot of, a lot of times people don't want to hear this kind of preaching. Because this is one word. It's called parenting. The, the teachers are not there to raise your children. You're to raise your children. Let me help you out, teachers. Let me help the teachers out. 
Proverbs 22 and 6 says, train up a child in the way they should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from him. Now, this is the proverb most Christians don't even know about. Withhold not correction from the child, for if you shall beat him with a rod, he shall not die. Now, that's in the Bible. Now, let me straighten this up because this is streaming live. I am not, <laughs> I am not saying to, to literally abuse your child. That is not what the Bible is talking about because this is speaking of Christians, somebody who loves God, first of all. See, the reason we discipline our children is because we don't want them to do what we did. Oh, boo-boo. Oh, you want your children to think you've never done anything. See, the reason sometimes we get mad is because we see so much of ourselves in them. Ooh, I just, I heard it. Somebody said, move on, pastor, move on. I heard it, I heard it. I ain't moving on. I'm going to stay right there. And see, that's why, because you see so much of yourself in your children. You're, you, you, okay, baby. Yeah. Y'all, <laughs> stretch your hands this way, praise God. <laughs> Amen. So listen, we, we are supposed to teach our children to appreciate things. The Bible says, if you're faithful over a few things, I make the rule over many, and I enter therein into the joy of the Lord. If you can't handle $20, stop praying for $2,000. And listen, one last thing before I move on. Teach your children how to handle money. Yes. Teach, them how, how, teach them how to balance a checkbook. I know they don't have checkbooks anymore, but we need to bring the checkbooks back so they understand deficiencies. That you understand the difference between a liability. Come on, come on. Y'all know what a liability is and an asset. And see, let me tell you something. My house is not an asset. My house is a liability. I got to pay for that thing. That ain't a blessing. People say, people don't even know what a blessing is anymore. They go to the car dealership. Oh, the Lord bless me with this car. Don't you have a car note? You better be praying for God to bless you with a good job. Because the moment... You don't pay, they're going to come and take your blessing. No, no, no. See, a lot of people don't know what a blessing is. Can I tell you what a blessing is? It is this is a blessing. You go to the car dealership. Let me just say, since this is my dream, <laughs> I, I, I walk up to Maserati. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Okay, okay, okay. See, that's what I'm talking about. You walk up to Maserati because it matches me, right? That car don't mean anything, but when I get in it, it's good. And you get in, and the leather, you smell the leather, you go... Man, this leather smells good, man. This thing matches me. This thing is awesome, right? Because I'm in it, right? But let me tell you what, the, what a blessing is compared to a liability. See, when you go in there to talk with the finance guy, first of all, you better understand credit. And you're talking about you want something new and you got a 400 credit score. You need to stay at the house and get you a bus pass. You ain't getting no car. And if you get one, it's going to be 35% interest. And you just happy. Oh, Lord, I'm only paying $100 a week. Well, you're going to pay $50,000 for a $10,000 car. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> See, y'all made me go out there. But here's, here's the blessing and liability. A liability is. They check my credit and say, oh, Mr. Lofton, oh, you have an excellent credit score. Man, we can do the financing for you. Come on in here and let's sign the paperwork. Now, next month, you're going to have a card note. That's a liability. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you what a blessing is. I go, come on, Alvin. Come on, bro. 
I go in there, and the finance guy said, mm, Mr. Lofty, today is your lucky day. Today, our manager has decided to give somebody a Maserati. And you just happen to be number 777 to come through the door. Come on, 777. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Don't put the 9311 on it. But 777. <laughs> right, hey, look, I ain't always been saved, so y'all stop it. Y'all gonna know seven 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 nine three eleven. Y'all know that's look at look at it. All the old holy folks talking about what is the pastor talking about? I ain't never heard that song. You know you were dancing to that song. He comes in, I go in, he said, Mr. Lofton, zero owed. Here are the keys and the title to your car. Now somebody shout, that's a blessing. People don't even know what a blessing is. Oh, the Lord bless me with this house. Don't you have a mortgage? There ain't no blessing. You, I'm praying for God to keep me with a job so I can pay for my house. Amen. I thought I, I did I help somebody? Okay, let me move on because y'all just taking up all my time. Check this out. He's open-minded. Listen, saints, your child don't have to go to the same college you went to. They don't have to take the same path you took. It might be great. It might have been a great school. But you're going to have to let your children make decisions on their own. Because if you don't, they're going to be following your path and not theirs. Amen. Am I helping somebody? Listen, I'm not saying don't coach them because without an education, you're going to have no career anyway. And so I'm just saying, and listen, you don't have to go to college to have a career. Amen. You don't have to go to college to have a career. You, you, you can take a trade. You, you can be a master plumber. Where's Sam? You can be a master plumber like Sam and make as much money as somebody that put on a three-piece suit every day. Hello, somebody. So listen, let your children get the right path for them. Coach them. Guide them. Let them know how important an education is for their lives because you want them to know. Listen, without an education, your family is not going to be on a level that you need to be on. Hello. If you listen to me close, if you stay dumb, you will stay broke. I'm just saying, stay dumb if you want to. You're going to stay broke, and you're going to always be begging from somebody. Now, listen, get smart because you might need some help to get to where you need to go. But if somebody can see you trying to make a difference, you don't mind helping people who you see already trying to make it. Come on, somebody. When I married my wife, I was tore up from the floor up. I needed a checkup from the neck up. You ain't had to say it like that. <laughs> I, was, I was broke. I didn't have anything. I, hey. <laughs> she, she knows it too. I had a car. I, mean, I, I told you guys about the car I had. I, see, why are you talking? You were too little. You don't know. And so. They. they they did steal my radio, didn't they? So I had a, anybody know what a hoopty is? Yeah. Anybody had a hoopty? <laughs> I had a hoopty. See, that's how I learned how to pray. Y'all know what I'm talking See, uh, if you've never had a hoopty, you don't know what I'm talking about right now. But when you got a hoopty, you pray before you turn the key. 
I ain't know nothing about God. But I was like, Lord, if you let this engine turn over this morning so I can get to class, Lord, Lord. <laughs> and by the third time, she'll turn over and you go, oh, hallelujah. You make it, right? But a hooped, my car was, oh, man, I had, I, oh, man, I had a raggedy car. That thing was raggedy. And I parked my car at a mall, and they broke into my raggedy car and stole my radio. <laughs> I guess the car was so raggedy, the radio was worth more than the car. Be open-minded, right? I'm glad I can be open-minded and share some of my stuff. But see, what, what my wife saw in me, I had just come out of the Marine Corps. I was in school. I, I, can't, I went back home to stay with my parents. Yes, I went back to stay with my parents, but I went to stay with my parents so I can get an education. So she met me in the middle of getting my FAA license to work on jets, and that's what I did in the Marines. But I had to have an education. She saw I was willing to work hard, and I was willing to go to school. So she saw something in me. I had nothing when she met me. She made all the money. Early on in our marriage, she always made, let me help you out, brothers, because sometimes brothers be tripping. Most of our marriage, we've been married 23 years. Most of our marriage, she's always made more money than me. So is the problem. It's going into one account. Well, yeah, it's supposed to be, but if you got your money, he got his money, then that's mixture. So anyway, so it was going into one account. We did what we had to do. I never, ever tried to hold my wife down. I pushed her to another level. I said, no, you can do this. You can be a director. She became a director. You can do that. She said, I want to I get my master's. I said, you can do this. She got a master's degree, right? Now, the roles have flipped. Now I make more money. So I'm not going to lord it over her. It's going in the same pot. Amen. Listen, don't get caught up in all of this worldly stuff. If you're working hard, work hard. If all you can do is make $50,000 a year, make $50,000 a year and make something of it. Amen. And that might be high for some people, but that's low for me. Now, that's my standard because it's low for me. I like six figures. Amen. Without developing this, you ain't getting to the six or the seven. I'm working towards the seven. Hello, somebody. Somebody say, I'm working towards the seven. It ain't nothing to it. It's just money, saints. Amen. Somebody say money. money. It ain't nothing but money. Yeah. That's all it is. It's money. Yeah. If you can't handle fifty dollars, don't worry about five hundred or five thousand or fifty thousand. But if you know how to handle the fifty, God can trust you with money. It ain't nothing to it. Hello, somebody. Yeah. All right, all right. For the sake of time, let me keep going. I hope I'm blessing somebody. All right. Am I blessing somebody? All right. He leads by example. Don't tell people to do something you ain't doing. Especially your children. You're supposed to see the Pharisees told the people to do something they weren't doing. So do as I say, not do as I do. Right? Now, parents, <laughs> you, you, can I help you? Okay. Don't tell your children clean their room and your room is a mess. 
Because then you get mad because they say, well, look at your room, mama. And you say, that's my room. I pay the bills up in here. You can't do that. No, you need to clean your room. Right? And then you can bring them in there and say, look, see, this is how this is supposed to be done. Or one time I, I wanted her to do something like her bathroom, right? So this is how you do it. This is how you do it. Somebody say, I want to know how to do it. She wouldn't do it. She wouldn't do it. You know what I did? I went in and cleaned it from top to bottom. And I showed her. I said, now, this is the example. You got to be an example. Sometimes they don't know if you hadn't showed them. Amen. Hello, somebody. Uh, yeah, yeah, be an example. Mm-hmm. See, you don't just sit out of church just because your wife don't come. Ooh, did I hear something then? Oh, Lord, hell of Y'all can, don't be throwing no rocks at me. Not, not right now because I ain't all the way delivered. I'll throw them back. He don't wait for the wife to get up to get the children dressed for church and for school. He doesn't allow his children to be disrespectful. See, this is the example. See, even in here, if your child, and, and let me just make sure every parent in here, if you have a little one, I just want to make this really clear. If they say yes to me, that's not right. I'm going to make them say yes, sir. If they say yes to her, I'm going to say, what was that? Oh, oh, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. That, that's your children? I'm going to make them say it if they don't say it. I'm just letting you know because we have to be the example. If I said yes to somebody, when I grew up, my daddy would pop me in my mouth and say, boy, you better respect. See, the reason we got so many issues with this younger generation, because they don't understand respect. Now, see, I, and this, ain't, this has nothing to do with all the racial issues that are going on. I know there are racial issues. They're out there. As long as you got black and white, there's going to be racial issues. But what I'm talking about is blacks disrespecting blacks. That's what I'm talking about. We, we got to really deal with that issue, too, guys. Right? I, I can be on the train riding into work. Man, these little, these little boys with their bridges, they're so disrespectful. And they just don't realize they're just a hairpin away from me and snatching them up and teaching them something. Because, see, they think just because you're old, you won't snatch them up. They don't understand what you've been through. See, I've been through the Marines. I'll snatch you in a minute. And then they want to shoot. Because they don't have any guts. They're weak. They're feckless. So they got to prove authority based on power, not based on knowledge. Let me tell you this. This is not a part of my slide, but write this one down. Knowledge is power. Self-knowledge is freedom. <coughs> All right, let me give you. I hope this is blessing somebody. Okay. He challenges his children. Listen, you need to challenge. Don't, don't accept average grades from your children. They come home, and they're excited about, wow, daddy, I made a C. What? I, uh -huh. No, no, you're not a C, child. You know what that means? They're doing the minimum. They wrote the name on the paper. No, no, saints of God. Can I help you? Listen, I'm glad they passed. But you're going to have to challenge your children to say, you can do better. You're not a C student. You are an A student, and I'm going to get you tutored. I'll be late with you. I'll do whatever I need to do to make sure you get a solid education. 
Come on, somebody. Don't settle for no average grades from your children when you know they're smart. See, I got a lot of school teachers in here. They like this kind of preaching right here. <laughs> Listen, write this down. Children who are not challenged will lack the will to succeed. They will lack the will to succeed. I pulled this from uh, Dr. David Lubinsky. He's a psychologist professor at Vanderbilt. This is what he said. He did a study. He's discovered study students who got a high dose of advanced and enriched learning activities such as AP classes, taking college courses in high school, and participating in science fairs were roughly twice as likely to earn a PhD by the time they were in their early 30s. See, see, if you encourage them early for education, they will continue to get educated. But we got to catch them early, saints. We're not supposed to be a church full of dumb folks. I love it when educated professionals come into the house of God. See, when you get saved, you don't leave your brains outside the door. I want smart people around me. I want you to be smarter than me, actually, because that makes me smart because I got smart people around me. I don't want to have to try to figure everything out. I don't want to have to try to come up with different programs. I want somebody to come in here with some brains to say, Pastor, we can do this. All we have to do is this, this, this. But listen, don't come up in here talking about, Pastor, I think I need to do this. Let me see the plan. If you don't have a plan, go get the plan. Then come. I'm a project manager by trade, change manager. Praise God. So we got some change managers in here. We manage change. Anyway, if you're going to do something, have a plan. Pastor, this is what I believe the Lord wants me to do. This is how we can do it. This is how many people we need for this to, to take place. This is the budget that I need. These are the, how, the people that we're going to make sure that we market to so that we can pull them in the church. This is how I believe people are going to get saved and get set free because if the program don't get people saved, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing a program for the sake of programs to, to have a gathering. You can do that out in the world. We're not here to gather. We're here for souls. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E, A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.